Hey y'all, Darius Rucker here. You know, a lot of people ask me, what inspires your music? And one of the big things is a strong sense of place. That's why I love my home state of South Carolina and want to share the awesome things it has to offer. From the beautiful mountains down to the sunny coast, it's got it all. Not to mention two of my personal favorites, great golf and amazing food. Come see why I love this place. Visit discoversouthcarolina.com. Hey, y'all, Darius Rucker here. You know, a lot of people ask me, what inspires your music? And one of the big things is a strong sense of place. That's why I love my home state of South Carolina and want to share the awesome things it has to offer. From the beautiful mountains down to the sunny coast, it's got it all. Not to mention two of my personal favorites, great golf and amazing food. Come see why I love this place. Visit discoversouthcarolina.com. This episode of Sewing Out Loud is brought to you by the Made to Measure Leggings class from SewHere.com. This online class brings ZD right into your sewing room to show you how to measure, draft, and construct a pair of leggings based on your personal measurements. Go to SewHere.com leggings to find out more and get access to all the videos and course materials immediately. That's SewHere.com leggings. Welcome to Sewing Out Loud, the official podcast of ZD Sewing Studio. Here are your hosts, ZD and Mallory. Hello and welcome to the podcast. I'm Mallory Donahue. I'm ZD Donahue. And today we're going to do a little Q&A. We have a Facebook group called the Self Sewn Wardrobe Facebook group. A lot of you are in it. And then hopefully by the time this is published, I've caught up on approvals. It takes a little while <laughs> to get it does. We get a lot of requests and got some questions and I got to go through and make sure everybody's And then we got to do other projects. Yeah, yeah. So anyway, hopefully everybody's in it who wants to be in it right now. And then we have to make some s'mores by the pond. Okay. We did that this yeah. summer. Oh, yeah. summer. Weekend. weekend. Jeez, I don't know. Okay. One summer really bad right now. Yeah, it would be nice. It's real crappy outside okay. right now. All right, so we've got question and answer from the group. And our first question, I love this question. I used to enjoy uh, explaining this to people when they came into the shop, like for their sit-down deliveries. And like looking back, I think that was probably too much information. <laughs> People. But you whatever. Were over, you were overloading them with I'm your ready. with your knowledge. I'm ready to give them the spiel again. Okay. okay. So I'm so glad that uh, Rory, who has been a longtime supporter of SewHere.com, thank you, Rory. She says, "I have a question on sewing machine straight stitch needle position. What is the standard needle position? Left needle position or center needle position? I ask because I believed it to be center, but what position is considered standard for the seam allowance marking on my machine? And then she says that she, like, got a new machine and, you know. It, uh, it, it opens up on the left. It opens up on the left. <laughs> right. She's like, you know, is that so. standard? Okay, so. um. Let's let's talk well, about it. Let me just say one thing here, and then I want you to talk about it. I want to hear okay. your explanation. Hear but center used to be the standard, okay? Yeah, let's, yes. Like these certain things can change, yes. and this has changed because of technology. Yep. Okay, and because of our ability to change it. Now, 
it used to be that we only had a straight stitch sure. machine. So we had a hole just big enough in our throat plate for the needle to go down in one position. Right. Then we got a zigzag machine, and we started getting that slot right. so that the needle could go back and forth, even though it still started you know, in a straight stitch position was still in the middle of uh-huh. that slot. So what has happened, Mallory? What has happened? Well, I also just want to say, yeah, when I first started learning to sew. Um, and this is a really good question. Yeah, it's a, I love I love it. I'm so glad Rory asked it. When I first started learning to sew, like on your old, you have an old Bernina. It's what I, the first mm-hmm. machine I learned to sew on Okay, um, back in the day. Yep, center needle position, center needle position is what I was That's always. That's how it started out. Even though it had a slot oh, in yeah. the throat plate, the it was capable machine. of zigzag. And I zigzagged, and I used decorative stitches, and I was all mm-hmm. about, you know, Stuff like that. Yeah, she was all about trying anything she could. At a young age. And then I remember then working in the shop and having the baby locks and seeing that they would often open up. uh, When I say open up, like when you turn them on and you press the screen after it starts singing. And I think you're saying open up because it is a computerized machine. right? (laughs) When you press the start menu. No, uh, you know, anyway. It, they would often go over to the left. And then I had a lot of people who didn't like that. Right. And so Baby Lock started adding a feature where you could say start it in the center. Right. It could be your default position. Right. Okay. So that was interesting that they kind of got that feedback. But then I learned even more in my years working at the sewing machine dealership about why the machines would default over to the left. The far okay? left. Uh-huh. Yeah. And so... Here's the deal. On a machine where it defaults to the left and on many modern machines, um, that especially ones that have embroidery, but not all of them. Are decorative have stitches. Yeah, uh, mm-hmm. with this. But a lot of machine embroidery, uh, machines that do computerized embroidery will have this. The needle starts over to the left because that is where embroidery happens. Okay, that is where the needle is positioned during machine embroidery. So the hoop is moving and the needle's just moving up and down and up and down. The hoop is moving. And you'll even notice, Rory, if you maybe raise your presser foot and take off your presser foot, like snap off that sole, there is a nick in the throat plate. So you'll see ZD's been talking about the slot where the needle can swing from left to right, left to right, left to right. And you'll see on the left and what what I would call like toward the back of the machine, the part that's, you know, further away from you, it looks like there is a nick in the throat plate. And what this is is it's actually a little more room to decrease friction and thread breakage while the machine's going up and down for 1,500 stitches per minute for hours, you know, if you're stitching out a bunch of stuff. So when we we used to do... Um, professional embroidery, yeah. industrial embroidery. Mm-hmm. This was before machines, home, home machines home did machines this, did right? And they would call the embroidery machines actually punch machines. Yeah. Because the hoop moved, not the needle. And it just punched, So punched. all it did was punch, 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 and, you you know, you were being programmed as to how um, the hoop moved. Yeah, absolutely. So And you, it was a DOS program, too. Go ahead. The, the <laughs> reason that you want to embroider over there, um, you know, is also for support. Right. Okay, so when you have a needle all the way over to the left or all the way over to the right, you're getting more support 
Um, you're getting it on like 270 degrees of right. the needle versus. So you're getting the front of the fabric yeah. and the back of the fabric, and one side of the fabric is being supported by the throat plate and the foot. That's right. That's okay. Right. So Where if you had that middle slot. Uh-huh. Or uh, the middle position, position and a slot, you're only being supported in the front and in the back. Yep. So that's why when you see a machine that says it has a single stitch plate, right? It's that one hole, and you'll have a single stitch foot will have one little a straight, slot, a straight right. stitch foot. Yeah, yeah. So that's really, um, it can be very nice for that reason. So that is the justification I got. It seems very, um, like, good PR. Doesn't it sound really nice mm-hmm. when I say it? So I don't know if that's really the reason, but that's No, I think it really is the reason because there's, <laughs> there, what would be the reason for them to do that? Right, right. Yeah. So you can still, though, you, uh, you know, I was so used to having it in the middle for so long mm-hmm. that I would move it, okay? Oh, I would, okay. I would uh-huh. change that setting on my baby lock for a long time. And then when I learned, though, about more support – I started sewing right. with the needle over to the left for straight stitching now. But I went but we're gonna talk about your question, Rory, about like what's the default and what corresponds to my seam allowance. Right. So we're gonna we're gonna get there, okay? Um I also wanted to bring up that on some of the more advanced baby lock machines, the zigzags You'll see two zigzag stitches that look the same right. on the screen, and you're like, well, what is this? Well, so is, doesn't it have, like, four straight stitches? No, that's not what I'm talking about. Okay, okay. okay. They, it will be two zigzags uh-huh. that theoretically are, like, the same stitch. It's just back and forth, back right. and forth. But one of them begins in the center, and when you increase the width, it increases it by the same increment on out, each side out from the center okay, on out each from side. the center instead it. of out from one side that's right. right and then there's another zigzag that where it will always start from the left right so you know the swing over to the left is always over there at the farthest point right. and then it will just increase over to the right so you're getting some right. support over there so that's some really I mean, right. So that's a very fine tuning. Right. So <laughs> we we work on a destiny too uh-huh. a lot most of the time for our yeah, they won't send us a Solaris. Yeah, well, it was in the mail, supposedly. But anyway, um, so the stitch swing or the stitch width, the maximum is 7. Point no, 7. 7. It's 7. 7. It's seven. Seven, yeah. 7, right. So when you bring up a straight stitch, it will have the needle position as being 3.5. If it's in the center. Right. That well, I'm saying that's the default, yeah, for a straight stitch. Now, if it's over, well, no, because it defaults to the left, and so the it depends on the stitch. Well, but you're saying defaulting when you open up the machine mm-hmm. and it defaults to the left, it'll say zero, right? But there is a stitch that defaults defaults to 3.5 yes, so and that is the center that's right so if you look down there now obviously if you don't have a machine that has these digital readouts you you know right. you don't see that but you can basically sort of look down there and go oh i'm already to the left because it's a zero or oh i'm in the center because it says 3.5 and then on a baby lock uh and this is true for several uh, different types of computerized right. machines when you're on a straight stitch and you change the width it doesn't turn into a zigzag stitch it moves the needle position okay so just like you were saying okay when you when you have that straight stitch oriented in the center it'll say 3.5 is the width and when you have that straight stitch oriented to the left it says zero now on some older machines 
when you choose a straight stitch and then you change the width, it turns you, into a zigzag. You're changing the width of the stitch, which right. makes total sense. Right. Okay, like it makes total sense. Okay, but, so, <laughs> but hold on. Yeah. So if you have a machine that doesn't that you think it doesn't have more needle positions it might allow you to move your straight stitch mm -hmm. over for whatever reason you want to move it by I, using the stitch width so if i'm at my if i'm starting out in the center at 3.5 and i think that i have measured out like a half inch seam allowance and i'm like oh no i want it to be a quarter inch and i want to use my same landmarks i just want to move my needle over that's right. 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 And I will come up with a new position that's maybe two. Yep. Okay. Okay. And then public service announcement. However confused you are, you can go to your owner's manual well, let's because just, machines are different. Let's just get to that part because right. Lori says, well, what is it? What's the default for my machine? You have to go to your owner's manual. Or or your dealer. Or your dealer. <laughs> right. You will have to go. And your dealer may need to go to your owner's manual, depending on and how long they've been selling that machine. I will also, yeah, I will also tell you that we have this destiny here, and it has two sets of seam allowance yes, it does. markings. Okay? So it has a set of seam allowance markings for the left needle position and a set of seam allowance markings for the center needle position. Do I every so often have to get out my sewing gauge and check and see and remember? Well, it also has Maybe. centimeters and inches. Yeah. Well, it just has the... It, it like... Right. Yeah. It does. You're totally right. No, it does. You're totally right. And then... It highlights the quarter inch. It highlights the one inch, you know. So what happens when I'm sewing at 3 a.m. and I'm confused and I'm like, well, my other machine, oh, yeah. Yeah. You know, whatever. I get out my seam gauge. Get out a ruler. And I go, my needle's here and the edge of my fabric's here. What is my seam allowance? That's what it is. Right. Or, right. or I go, yeah, yeah. I measure from the machine, you know, and then get a So marker. here's one of my little tricks though right mm -hmm. if there is a guide a slot that i always use i put a little red fingernail polish in it right yeah. and wipe it off the top and that red fingernail polish will stay in that little crevice and that's a good standard for me because i'm like oh that's my five eighths if i'm in this position and i am doing this this is my five eighths that's right, right. And you know that because they they look the same too. They all look the same. That old Bernina that you started me out sewing on when I was five years old. The five eighths is red. Uh huh. Because, because I made it red. Oh, oh, I thought they were already. No, I, I made it red. Some of them are red already. No, that we if, would sell. If you look in this drawer right it's here. The, okay. Well, there's some. Is that uh, what's going on? Of red fingernail polish. That's yeah. thirty years old. Yep. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, it could be real old fingernail polish too. Doesn't oh, matter. Oh, and then if those of you who like. Maybe you, you came from the quilting world and you're like, oh, listen to Zidi and Mallory talking about that 5 eighths inch seam allowance and that's so silly. 5 eighths of an inch is 1.5 centimeters. So it makes a whole lot more sense over in metric land. That's right. If you were like, who the hell thought up 5 eighths of an inch for <laughs> seam allowance? Because I've, right. I've often thought that to well, myself. The reason you've got <laughs> one quarter inch seam allowance is because it is quilting is considered a Quilting started here. Yeah, right. Piecing, right. Piecing, piecing, not quilting, yes. but piecing. Yes. Piecing started in America, yeah. right? That's and in fact, our big resurgence of quilting happened 
okay, in 1976 around the bicentennial. Right. And it all, that came all back around again, and the sewing industry grabbed onto that and marketed it to Boom. you. Yeah. Bam. So I just want to let you all know that five-eighths right. isn't some weird, you know, thing. And actually, you know, there's some garment uh, drafters out there who are from the U.S., and they'll occasionally use a uh, one half inch seam allowance. Well, and I use a half inch and on accessories and home deck all the time. Yeah, and I'm like, I totally get it. And that's right. only an eighth of an inch, you right. know. Uh, but however, a lot of your machines are, are they're formatted right. to highlight that five eighths of an inch seam allowance. Okay, so Rory, look in your manual, see if it tells you about that. But also, Put your needle all the way over to the left and measure and see, oh, this set of markings is for right. my left position. This set is for my right. Decide where you like to sew most of the time. Get out some fingernail polish. Mark it. You know, do what you need to do. Because I have to say that occasionally I'm like, wait a minute. Hold on. Got to make sure I'm doing the right thing because I have old habits. I, it happens something. to me on the serger and the cover stitch machines. Oh well, that's all the time. Different. I have those to. Are I, yeah, I have. But I. But I have to measure all the time. I'm like. This is the quarter inch when I, when my landmark was here, right? You know, I mean, I have to, I have to measure it when occasionally. You, the serger, the blade moves the guides, right? So if you're messing around with your width and stuff, right? You, you is often, you oftentimes need to measure because if you're messing around with your width, you are changing. Actually, stuff. I'm gonna go over there on that ovation and make myself a red mark too. Oh. But go ahead. All right, get out that finger. The clear watch. foot is really hard to see the little numbers on uh -huh. the little the little bumps mm -hmm. so i, I take a those. sharpie and i mark the okay, my yeah. little thing well, sometimes i just have to say that when i cover stitch i often use just the seam in the machine or the edge of the foot <laughs> right well i sometimes <laughs> use that little hash mark that's on the tip of the foot yeah okay so then i'm like i think i'm watching it and then I'll, i'm going am i on it or yeah. you know i don't know the clear foot is i think is sometimes hard for me to landmark on the hash marks. I agree. I've been thinking about this. I've been, um, well, I've been trying to eliminate uh, single-use plastics right. from our house and, like, packaging. I mean, I'm talking about bringing my own mason jars to the grocery store, making them weigh them, and getting bulk stuff. Like, that kind of annoying person is who I am becoming. And if oh you're one of them, God. I'm so proud of you. Okay, Why it's really don't you hard. sew yourself some bags? Well, but in the bulk... Like, I don't want to put a bunch of rice in, like, a Why not? That's how it bag. used to come. Well, but I'm going to put People it in used to make dresses out of, out of yeah, the bags no, they I came in. Yeah, no, I guess I could. <laughs> that, and they wouldn't weigh anything. But anyway, I just think it's more secure. Okay, whatever. <laughs> Moving on. But I was thinking about plastic guys, and sewing. I'm, I'm not bringing mason jars to the grocery store just in case you were interested. Yeah. Um. So I was thinking about acrylic rulers. I was like, I love acrylic right, rulers. Right, because you can see through them. You know, and I'm like, I know we used to not have them before. That's right. But I now, but an acrylic ruler is not well, a single it's not use. Single plastic. use. See, that, no, that, I no, think that's yeah, the other that's, thing people yeah. get hung up on. It, you know, if it's not single use. You can you can keep yeah. it out of the landfill for for quite a long time. Right. Now I don't want to get all into this because there's so much. I don't either. When you but when you start to think about this stuff, because I know it's on people's minds, I think the number one. Let's go off on this tangent. Don't do all or nothing thinking right. on this stuff. On anything. On anything, because if you think if I think to myself, oh, you know what? I think I can eliminate, um, you know, like toothpaste tubes because I'm going to get those tablets 
you know, that you, that foam okay. up in your mouth. I don't get hold that on. at all. Hold on. I don't get that at what all. What do you mean you don't get it? Well, because they have to come in a container. They come in a recyclable, compostable paper container. Um, no, I've seen them in, in little jars. Well, if they yeah. come, so so that's part of the thing. So you have to thing, pick, right, so you have packaging. to pick how it packages. Yes, yes, the packaging is important. Right. Anyway, okay, all right. But when I think about that, okay, and then I think, oh, my gosh, I just went and bought some elastic, and it wasn't, you know, well, first of all, how's the elastic made? I'm using, you know, polyester. We say to use polyester thread, blah, 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 blah. And I'm like, one thing at a time. You know, I'm not going to, like, then all of a sudden stop any efforts at there, being well, environmentally and friendly. you know, there are some you know? things you don't want to disintegrate. That's, yeah, it's very true. You kind of you kind of think about that. People get know? mad if it disintegrates. That's right. People yep. don't want to have, like, dead animals in their bolts of fabric. No. So people wrap them in plastic. That's right. <laughs> I was thinking about Whatever. that. Whatever. So anyway, um, if you are, you know, thinking about being more sustainable with your sewing and stuff like that, just don't. Don't let someone make you feel judged. Don't let someone make you feel like you're not doing enough or like you're doing too much and just do what you can do, you know, and listen. So anyway, I that's been coming up in my life for me lately. Okay. So, let's take a break real quick. Did we answer all the seam allowance questions when with that with that or did I go off on I my I think so. Tangent? But I want to bring up one little thing that yeah. I wrote down. We talked about Mallory started sewing and this did come up in the group. Actually, somebody wanted to stand up and sew with their machine uh-huh. and they said well, my cord won't reach. You know, my uh-huh. pedal won't reach. And I, and I said, put it on a box. Uh-huh. And the person said, well, if I put it on a box, it really won't reach. So what I meant to say Uh-oh. is you can put that foot pedal on a box or on something that brings it up higher, right? So when we were teaching kids to sew and Mallory sewed, sometimes I would have to put a box on the floor and put the foot pedal, uh-huh. not because the foot pedal didn't reach, but Mallory's leg didn't reach. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right, yeah. right. Okay. Well, okay, that's a good tangent. Oh, I just also... Well, I just thought it was something that yeah, it came up in the group. I just also wanted to say that I opened up the Destiny screen over here just to kind of like look yeah. and make sure I was right about that zigzag. So there's the zigzag that, you know, grows out from the center. Right. There's a zigzag that goes over from the left and there's a zigzag that comes out from the right. Right. This is a precision yes. machine, yes. everybody. Yes, no, yes, it's yes. Nesso. Okay. So I'm just I I I have to say that I really have. And isn't there one that secures with a back stitch and one that oh, secures with yes. yeah. Yeah, so that's like a whole I mean other thing. A, so like, you know, we have machines that start out with sort of a minimal menu to an extravagant and menu. And you can really customize it. Well, and I think about mom, some I was just basting a so I was basting power mesh onto something right. as a pocket. And I made myself a zigzag, and I moved it all the way over to the right. Uh-huh. So I could have used that zigzag that would have, you know, what, right. what do you think? Like, it's like I want to use the word kerning, but that's not the right <laughs> word. I also, I'm having trouble yeah. coming up with, but like it's, Kerning you know, is probably not the right it word. It originates yeah. from right. the right. You know, it is just, that's a good justified. One. Justified. justified, right, right, the right. right justified. Thank you. Gosh. Well, another thing is I can set this machine to open up and have... Yeah. A center default. We do have it that way. Oh, we do? Yeah. And oh, I, think I didn't it's, I think it's because it says initial position is the setting. Oh, okay? okay. Right. And I think it's because they started shipping them center justified. Did they? Okay. They're, I love this word justified that I remembered. Yeah. Um, I think that they started doing that because people were 
freaking out. Yeah, yeah, I do. But so, you know, in, in, in the more in the more um, sophisticated machines, you get you can choose how your opening stitch. Yeah. Okay. One more thing I was gonna say. So we talked about the stitch width. So our needle swing is seven. If you got a straight stitch in the center, it's 3.5 because 3.5 is half of 7, right? right? If it's all the way over to the left, it's a 0. If it's all the way over to the right, it's a 7. But on top of that, okay, this is where I think... Now I, she's going to confuse I me. I think we've gotten a little too... In-depth here? No, I oh. think the machine companies have, like, wanted to customize things too much for us. Uh-huh. Because when you have a half a millimeter increments here, right. then you got 0. 0.51. You, right. know, you should have like 14 needle positions right. just using the stitch width. Yes. However, then they have left right shift, which moves in increments of a quarter I millimeter. Know. I know. So it's like too many. Is that like 20? Well, I mean, it's a you know, it's like 28 needle positions. It could. Like, it's it could. Too many. And, and, and I mean, well, I, you know what, though? I have used them. I know, but Like, it's a especially lot. when I'm like top stitching something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, yeah. and I'm like, oh, I just need I to know. go over that I one know. little bitty. Like, I need to go over like a thread's breadth. Like a quarter right. of a millimeter. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and well, we've got and, the machine and, for you. Well, <laughs> and you know why I've used it? Because I had it and I could do it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. No, um, but it's. It's quite, I mean, right. it really is. And people are kind of wondering what's going on with a machine that costs thousands and thousands of dollars. Mm-hmm. If you want to get real precise, it will allow you to do that. All right, let's take a break and move on to question number two. Hey, ZD, wouldn't it be cool if everyone who listened to this podcast could learn how to make perfectly fitting leggings directly from you, the leggings expert? Well, yes, Mal. That's why we produce the Made to Measure Leggings class. I teach anyone, no matter their age, ability, or gender, to make perfectly fitting leggings based on their measurements. And if someone is feeling particularly generous, they can make leggings for anyone who they can get to stand still long enough to measure. You, yes you, can get immediate access to all the videos and course materials in the Made to Measure Leggings class by going to SewHere.com leggings. This online class allows you to complete the process at your own pace, and you own it forever, so you can re-watch it as many times as you need. Stop struggling with the leggings that roll down or sag in the wrong places. I'll be your guide as you create leggings that are made especially for you. No matter what your equipment or skill level, ZD covers everything from measuring, drafting, cutting, and construction on a sewing machine or serger in this class. Go to SewHere.com leggings and get started today. Hey y'all, Darius Rucker here. You know, a lot of people ask me, what inspires your music? And one of the big things is a strong sense of place. That's why I love my home state of South Carolina and want to share the awesome things it has to offer. From the beautiful mountains down to the sunny coast, it's got it all. Not to mention two of my personal favorites, great golf and amazing food. Come see why I love this place. Visit discoversouthcarolina.com. Hey y'all, Darius Rucker here. You know, a lot of people ask me, what inspires your music? And one of the big things is a strong sense of place. That's why I love my home state of South Carolina and want to share the awesome things it has to offer. 
From the beautiful mountains down to the sunny coast, it's got it all. Not to mention two of my personal favorites, great golf and amazing food. Come see why I love this place. Visit discoversouthcarolina.com. Hi, we're back. All right, this second question. Kind of. We're back. <laughs> we hope we're back. By the way, the other thing I'm doing to reduce plastic. No, I'm <laughs> Oh, uh, let's shut her up. Anyway, go ahead. You're being mean. I am not. Actually. I'm being realistic. You are being mean. No. Okay, moving on. So, uh, Adina asked, she posted um, a picture of this, like, vest, that it, it, denim biker jacket, excuse me, in progress. I know. I want all of her. It's little, really cute. I want all of her little um, patches. Patches, she has, yeah. yeah. So, Adina asks about her jacket. She says, if I were to line this denim biker jacket, what would you suggest I line it with? I don't like any of the lining materials I have. I thought about flannel. I do have some in black. The coat will have black leather trim around the neckline and black leather shoulder epaulets. I haven't decided on the exact details for the two-piece sleeves, but I have a Rosie the Riveter patch. And this biker, this denim biker jacket has like a Wonder Woman patch on it and... It says um, behind every it's successful like heroic women. Yes, it says behind every successful woman is herself, and well-behaved when women rarely make history. And then warning: educated black woman. So, okay. so Adina's rocking it. So Rosie the Riveter. But yeah, the, actually the woman who was like modeled. Well, right. She and she not only modeled; she was a Riveter. Uh huh. Okay, she did do this. She just died oh. this this past week on March fourth, two thousand. Mm. She was ninety five years old. Oh my gosh! Yeah, so she was actually like the same age as like my father. People that were people in World, who, World War Two, and so the women, and she was actually sort of like upper echelon. Like she could have went to college, but instead she went ahead and went mm. into the factory mm. and worked, you know, and did her her American duty, so to speak, yeah. or whatever. Um, but she also, what she became um, is she was a big philanthropic person for PBS TV. Oh. Like, so she continued, like, throughout her life to sort of, like, serve the public. Well, awesome. Yeah, no, it was really neat. And her name was Rosalind. Rosalind? So, you know, Walker, she... Walker, is that what she said? Walter. Walter, excuse me. Walter. I'm sorry. Yeah, wait, you... let me look, because I could... Yeah, it was Walter. Um, so she, um, you know, they, they coined her Rosie the Riveter. Right. So when I was growing up, I... On my in my little cul-de-sac, there was a lady who was a Rosie the Riveter. She was, she was a Riveter. Her name she was, was a, Rosie, she yeah. was a Riveter. Her name was Grace. Okay, and we lived by McDonnell Douglas that right. you know built a lot of big you know, um, jets and things and airplanes and bombers all kinds of stuff. And she stayed on after the war because she was only like four foot eleven, uh-huh. and she could get into like the useful? nose of planes and things where. The bigger men, like, couldn't. So she stayed a riveter, like, all her life. Well, awesome. Isn't that funny? Okay, yeah. so some good tangents on yeah, this episode, yeah. I think. Uh, moving on. We have done a podcast about linings. Uh, we we have done one in the past. But, Adina, uh, this is what I would ask my friend if they were lining a jacket. I would say, you know, what kind of protection are you looking for? What are you going to wear under the jacket? Does it need to be insulation? Okay. But right. what clothing are you going to wear under the jacket is right, what I'm that's asking. True. Okay. Yeah. It, kind of. B- because, and we'll 
get to why I'm asking. And then how pretty do you want it to be? Yeah. Do you want to make a statement with right. your lining? Okay. Because some people were saying, oh, well, if you want it to be warm, use flannel. If you want it to be this, use this. Mm-hmm. You know, there are a lot of denim jackets out there that are unlined. Right. So technically, you know, if right. you want you don't it have to, to. Or you can line just the body and not the sleeves. That's right. How So you could, so there's, you know, one extreme answer is right. just not to line it. Um, and, you know, there are some denim jackets that people wear as, you know, light warmth right. inside of a building. Right. Okay. Almost like wear, a cardigan. Yeah. Yeah, it's like, like a, a sweat, light sweater. It's a, you're wearing it over a t-shirt. It's right. just a denim jacket. Now she says denim biker jacket. So is she right. going to be like on a bike, you know? Right, that's she, what I was wondering. Does yeah. she want like it to like not be pervious to the wind? Yes. Yeah, so know. wind block, people right. are asking about wind or blocking. Or is bike, she referring to biker as a style versus a function? Yes, right. yes. So you can, you know, you can buy like the real deal um you could have protective a quilt. You could have a quilted lining stuff though right. too, like the stuff that's plastic. Right. You mm-hmm. know, you could you could buy that. You mean like nylon? No, like they're hard. It's like the oh, hard. Oh, you mean I'm on the outside? Like, no, no, no. The inside. It's inside. Oh, okay. Yeah. yeah. Okay. I don't think she's going that extreme, but anyway. Uh, so you could have that, but here's the deal: you could have more than one. Because what I am thinking about is if this is a denim jacket that I would wear another warm thing with. Yeah. Like, if this is a biker jacket and I wear a fleece under it, I don't want it to have a flannel lining. Too right, and maybe I'd want the lining to be a little slick so that my so that I could get out of right. it easy. Because if you have a flannel lining, if anybody has ever gotten into flannel line, a flannel Actually, line jacket, I have a denim jacket that's flannel lined. Okay, it it's hard to get off sometimes. Well, if you have something against it that it hugs, yes, yes, because yes. the flannel kind of grips on right. things. So everybody, right? anybody quilters out there have a flannel board. You know what happens? Yes, exactly. So so it's good for some things, but. Right. Uh, oh my gosh, one time in elementary school, someone spilled something on me, like a bunch of paint on my pants or water. I can't remember what, but I had to like borrow pants. Right. And they had these flannel lined jeans. Yeah, they're warm. I w- It was the most oppressive thing I've yes, ever worn very in my warm. life. I, I mean, they might not have been quite the right size, too. I don't know what right. the deal was. But I remember going to like the nurse's office and getting these That's pants. That's what they had for you, huh? <laughs> I was like, this is terrible. They were warm. <laughs> yeah. Um, and. They stood up on their own, and they were hard to get off, you know, so. Well, there's all different weights of flannel, too. Yes, so there are different weights of flannel, but what if she did want the warmth of flannel, but she wanted it to be slick? Could you do flannel and, like, a slicky lining uh, fabric? What if she wanted to open her jacket and there were metallic threads in her? Yes. See, I would, What if she yeah. finds Rosie the Riveter fabric Bra- to put oh on Oh, my gosh, yes, okay. yes. So, cotton lining Right. You know, it's not a lot of lining fabrics. So Adina says she doesn't like the lining fabrics she has. So I don't know exactly her so inventory. If you are buying fabric that is marketed or labeled lining fabric, that is a fabric I rarely, rarely buy. That's right. In fact, the last time I remember buying lining fabric, I was actually making a cape, and mm-hmm. it was made of the fabric. Yeah. You know, I was using it as fabric. I do not like lining quality fabric, usually. So ZD is a big fan of lining with real quote, fabric. Yeah, or quote-unquote yes. untraditional choices. Yes. So, Adina, sorry if I'm making an assumption here, but I'm just going to assume that she's got kind of that 
slicky, thin. I stuff. when you say things to line, yeah. Inner when stash. you said lining, we're thinking is it something that was labeled lining mm-hmm. when you bought it or marketed as lining? Um, and like I said, we don't use that. Some people I actually uh, enjoy. So I know I said the flannel was bulky. I've gotten jackets that are lined with like a very thin sweatshirt mm-hmm. uh, material. I like rayon. Okay. Like a real nice yeah. rayon. Yeah. That feels real good. Yeah. And, you know, and that sweatshirt stuff, that was a, a little stretchy. Mm-hmm. And it even felt kind of good uh-huh. in there. So there are just so many things to consider. And there are some very thin products out there, like the Thinsulate stuff. Right. And it will reflect your body heat yes. back toward you yes. with very little bulk. Right. Okay. And you were talking about only doing or, or doing different treatments to the bodice versus the sleeves. Right. So that is always an option too, you know, if you're going I'm, to. I'm sort of a big right now on like vest, yeah, like outdoor vest, Your like vest wearing person. the quilted vest and my arms are hanging out because like I have more freedom with my arms than it being in a coat. So uh-huh. I'm kind of into that, making sure my core is warm. Right. You know, and my arms don't have to be quite as warm, I guess, or something. Sure, yeah. sure. So, yeah, you could get more, you could... You could put less material right. into the arm, too. The other thing you could have is a zip-out lining. Oh, well. Ooh. Well. Ooh. Or snap-in or zip-out or whatever you want to call yeah, it. whatever you want to do it. Uh, sometimes when you make your clothes more, like, I always kind of go through this in my mind with planning a wardrobe. It's like, do you make a piece that has so many components to it? Or do you, like, break out those components? Uh I think about this with, like, body suits. So a shirt, if I just made a shirt, I uh-huh. could wear it probably two days w- before I wash it. Okay. Okay? Sure. But, like, if my crotch is on something, it's going to get washed. <laughs> if it's just my crotch. You right. know, on, on the, the, like, underwear. If a part gets stinkier or dirtier, right. easier, you probably are laundering it more. Yeah. So then right. it's like, oh, well, I have to wash this shirt, too, because it's right. on this bodysuit. Right. And then it's sort of like, okay, do I want a sort of outer shell that is very um, wind-resistant, mm-hmm. but then I have another garment that's just kind of a cardigan, and I can combine them if I right. want. Or do I make one garment that's got all of these properties, you know, and I don't want to wear a cardigan under it. Right. Because it's so big and, you know. That's uh, why I like the best. They're easy to go. drive in. Yeah. yeah. Oh, my gosh, yes. So – that is just something that goes through my brain. And you right. can have all the things. You can make them all. Okay. Right. Uh, you don't, you know, you can give it a try or whatever. But I always think about that with bodysuits. I'm like, I want to make some bodysuits, but it's like. So you're sorry, like a to... jumpsuit. No, no, no. Right. Like. Oh, a bodysuit. Like. Panty, oh, oh, okay. You know, I see what you're saying. Like, like a, a leotard with the snaps in the bottom. Yeah. 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 That's what I call a bodysuit. I know yeah. that yeah. around. Well, obviously around the world and around this studio. Those words can be confusing. Okay. Well, people use onesie. Singlet. Singlet's a word that I... People use onesies for, like, pajamas. Okay, we have, I'm having deja vu. We have done this before on this Okay, podcast. yeah. I, you know, a onesie, to me, was a little baby garment, and it was the one that... It was just, it was. It was a bodysuit. It was a bodysuit. Yeah, yeah. It was a t-shirt that snapped under the crotch. Yeah, we've had this conversation Have on we? this podcast. We're deja vu okay. okay, but this is. This but it's is, not a lining. <laughs> it's just, I, I think, I see sometimes lingerie, too, that's, like, marketed as everyday lingerie. It's not right. just, like, a fun, you know, maybe, like, it's a sexy thing or a costume piece. Right. But it's a bra. Or a date night. Yes. Yeah. It's a bra connected. A very right. nice, supportive bra. Right. 
and it's on a bodysuit. Right. And I think, oh, a bra I would wear several times before without being laundered. Right. Laundering right. maybe, but it's like, oh, if that thing's snapping around my crotch, you know. I mean, <laughs> probably gonna get washed every day. You know, I guess I could just wash the bottom. You can just you know, wash and, the crotch. And, That's and, true. Uh, I've done that, then, like yeah. especially on vacation. Mm-hmm. You know, just wash the crotch, and then you know it's gonna be dry sure. for, the, for the next day. Sure. But yeah. it is something that crosses my mind, and then like, oh, do I need to make things that snap on and blah blah blah, <laughs> whatever. And then I overthink and I don't. How make many people anything. do you think think <laughs> like this, Mallory? I think it's a lot of people. Oh, I don't yes. know. I don't no, know. No, it that. is a lot of people. Oh no, it's just the people that sew. No, no, it's not because oh. uh, what I wanted to say was, you know, that straight and curly podcast that I mentioned. Yeah. One of the women who runs it has like a group or like her book that's going to come out is called Overthinkers Anonymous. <laughs> and she's it's like what she has right. built her career around is people who overthink things. And I'm right. like, we probably all do it on some level. But just bringing that back around to <laughs> lining. You know, you know what? We're supposed to be talking about lining. You know, it's really easy to overthink because you're lining. That's okay? right. Uh, you Which know. obviously Adina was doing. Yeah, she was doing a great job overthinking yeah. it. And, you know, whether or not you want to make a bodysuit or a shirt um, and whether or not your one plastic-free effort is just negated by the rest of your terrible, wasteful life, you know, you could think about that. <laughs> oh uh, all right? Uh, so, man, we've been doing the real cheerful podcast lately. I know. I, we're such downers. We're, it's nihilistic, okay, is what we are. Is that what we are? Yes. <laughs> You know, I think that is unfortunately, I think Derek and I drop into that sometimes. We're like, nothing even matters, you know. That's, well, yeah. Occasionally. Uh, uh, I think I mentioned to your father the other day that about something. That I was, was t- No, no, he was talking about, so I go, you'll be worm food by then, so why are you worried about it? Like, I, you know, yeah. Well, compost like, our dead bodies. That's right. But okay. I mean, sometimes you just go, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Well, it's it can be difficult to think about certain types of things, you know, <laughs> especially the way our brains are wired or when you're not feeling effective, you know, or something. But, you know, in your journey to the perfect lining uh, <laughs> or to your... I don't even... I can't believe I'm even part of this. Or your lower weights household, <laughs> just one step at a time. The worst thing for Adina would be for her to, like, never finish the jacket, right? That's right. And that's not going to happen because she, like, makes things all the time right. she's gonna be made go adina make that jacket yeah show us the lining i want to see it we're gonna you better be you great. better post that lining i'm telling you, know, you. i after this podcast i want to see if she's i want to see a very active group member but i'm not i don't know that she is a big podcast listener oh you know because there are some people so, who are one not the other right like so we'll have fred, to let her know like yep. fred she must listen to the podcast the minute it's published. She's in the Venn diagram. She's right in the middle. Yeah. She's I mean, right I mean, she yes. can tell. She, and she Aaron, also repeats things. Yeah. And no, Fred Aaron repeats Beauchamp. things to me that I don't know I've said. Yeah. That yeah. occasionally will happen right. to me. She'll say, blah, 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 the podcast. I have to go listen to the podcast to make sure that I really said it. Okay, everybody. Well, thank you all for listening. We hope you enjoyed this discussion. So the, you know, the group is almost this fun. <laughs> It's almost as fun as listening to us in person or, you know, whatever. Oh, you know what I also love? Several of you have sent me that picture. It's a meme, and it says, how I feel listening to a podcast. And it's a person sitting there eating cereal, and she's smiling, and she's next to a billboard of other laughing people. Yes. Okay? And I'm like, 
Absolutely. And <laughs> I am your friend. If you think I'm your friend, I'm your friend. Because I know that when I'm listening to the podcast, I listen to them. That's I'm like, right. those people are my friend. That's like, right. They, they knew. I, That's I, right. They knew that I well, was I, thinking I, about you know, that. I start, I'll have these little conversations with people in the group sometimes. You know, get yeah. started. But, and I'm like... I'm acting like like I'm her best friend, I and I know her like like, and she can't do anything without me, and I can't do anything without her, and I like all I've ever done is exchanged a few words, you know, on on this well, in this group. It's really funny. We'll have our in person event here, you know, in, sometime maybe in the next year or so, and you can all be our in person <laughs> friends. And you can be like, I've met them. It's they not they weird. are flesh. It's not weird <laughs> that I think they're my friend because I've met them. Okay, love you all so much. Um. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> and yeah, whenever if you've ever been tempted to send me that meme, and you're like, oh, she would think that was weird. It's like, no, I totally get it. <laughs> she is that meme. <laughs> yeah, I think oh, who sent it recently was it Lauren. Anyway, okay, <laughs> well, have a lovely day, everybody. Uh, we hope you enjoyed our discussion of these topics. I'm so glad I got to give my needle to the left spiel once more. It always makes my heart just happy. exercise. I those, love it. Yeah, I love it. Yeah. All right, CD, take it away. So long and so happy. Thanks for listening to Sewing Out Loud. For even more expert sewing advice, visit SewHere.com. Hey, y'all. Darius Rucker here. You know, a lot of people ask me, what inspires your music? And one of the big things is a strong sense of place. That's why I love my home state of South Carolina and want to share the awesome things it has to offer. From the beautiful mountains down to the sunny coast, it's got it all. Not to mention two of my personal favorites, great golf and amazing food. Come see why I love this place. Visit discoversouthcarolina.com. Hey, y'all. Darius Rucker here. You know, a lot of people ask me, what inspires your music? And one of the big things is a strong sense of place. That's why I love my home state of South Carolina and want to share the awesome things it has to offer. From the beautiful mountains down to the sunny coast, it's got it all. Not to mention two of my personal favorites, great golf and amazing food. Come see why I love this place. Visit discoversouthcarolina.com. Oh,